Hi, this is Donnie V, and you're listening to the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show. Check it out. Welcome to the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show, episode 42. Now, tonight's guest is Chuck Shute of the Chuck Shute Podcast. His podcast is very similar to what we do here, but uh, he's been doing it a little longer than us, Nick. Yeah, fellow podcast, maybe you can give us some pointers. We're still yeah, learning, too. Fun. Yeah. It's kind of fun to have uh, fellow podcasters on the show every now and then. You know, we had Mike from uh, Couch Rips on well, kind of when we first started, and now yeah, uh, we'll yeah. have Chuck on. Yeah, cool. So we're going to talk to Chuck about podcasting, talk to him about his life and yeah, and how he got into podcasting and all that good stuff. Yep. So let's give him a call. And uh, before we do that, if you can do us a favor, if you're liking the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. You can also follow us on Instagram at R&R Coffee Show and visit our website at rnrcoffeeshow.com sign up on the mailing list and you can stay up to date on all our current guests and upcoming guests chuck you there buddy yes i am here how's it going what's Good. up chuck? how are you great hey Nick i like Joe? that dangerous toys uh jacket you got on yeah, there yeah rocking the dangerous <laughs> toys we both had jason on our shows so i thought i would uh, give them a sh- give him a shout out yeah, man. Well, well. thanks for coming on the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show. I'm Joe, of course, as you know, and Nick is yes. with me also. What's, what's going on, man? Thanks for hey, coming Nick. on. Hey, Joe. Thanks for hey, having uh, me. This is amazing. I, I don't know why you guys want to interview me, but I'm I'm thrilled to be here. It's amazing. Well, you know, you know it's, it's fun to have other podcasters on, I think. I think we had uh, we had Mike from Couchriffs on when we first started, and now you're the yeah. second podcaster we have. Yeah, and you could also call me a journalist if you want, because... Uh, there's I get some press with my interviews like it's on Blabbermouth and Loudwire and all those uh, big rock websites. So I don't know if that. I mean, How that's a little ma- bit of a stretch. If you need something to put in the title. <laughs> <laughs> How do you manage that? The the, uh, the press. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just submit uh, you can submit interviews to those sites and uh, you've got to have it transcribed and everything. Uh, and you can and you just send them some story ideas like, hey, you guys might be interested in this. Uh, I didn't know this, but John Karabi auditioned or missed an audition for Skid Row and could have been the singer of Skid Row. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, so see. if it's something that they're interested in, they'll they'll write up a story about it. A lot of times they don't. And that's OK, too. So it's just kind of a numbers game. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, yeah. you can't see me, can you? I cannot see you. No. Okay, good. Because I don't have any clothes on. Oh, (laughs) I'm not see you. Okay, (laughs) because I can see you. That's why I was asking. Oh yeah, I forgot. I realized that. Like I'm like, wait a minute, I can't see you guys. So that's how it's 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 designed that way, though. Yeah, we don't do the video thing. We're not that advanced. All right. Plus, I have no camera, so. Oh, okay. (laughs) That makes it hard then. Yeah. Yeah, just a little. So I got to ask you too. Now you're from Seattle, correct? Yeah. How long did you live there? Most of my life until I was about 30. Yeah, I moved to Arizona when I was 30. So yeah, I grew up in the 90s in the grunge era. And I like dangerous okay. toys. So yeah, <laughs> you can tell all that went over. I was right, not right. the most popular kid in school, believe it or not. So you did you go through the whole grunge thing in Seattle at that time? The, when it came up? Uh, I mean... Do, what, do you mean, what do you mean do I go through it? Like, like the whole sorry, time man. went from the beginning when it started getting popular up through its heyday. Yeah, I mean, so like I was in, I remember being in middle school and I remember there was, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a short time where like Nirvana was cool, but also Metallica and Guns N' Roses, those bands were cool as well. So I, rem- I remember, and I was actually, believe it or not, I, I actually started liking rap. 
And and that was what I was really into rap. And then I dated this girl in like eighth grade. And I remember, you know, I always make fun of her for listening to rock. Oh, you're you know, listening to your devil music. And uh, one day we we're hanging out and she was playing this CD. And I was like, what the hell is this? What are you? What? This is amazing. What is this band? And she's like, oh, that's Skid Row. This is the Slave to the Grind. It was like the only CD she had or something. Nice. And so we just kept listening to it on repeat. And I, that's when I was like, oh, my God, I, this is amazing. I, I think I like rock now. <laughs> and that's when I started getting into rock music. And I just got in the tail end of like the Skid Rows and the Warrants and the Guns N' Roses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like that year, eighth grade, I remember like at our, at our school dance in the spring, they were playing like Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and all the kids were slam dancing and all the teachers were trying to round them up and stuff. But so that stuff started to take off for sure. Mm-hmm. It became like super popular. And everyone I know loved grunge. Like every kid had the Alice in Chains Dirt CD. That was probably the most popular CD in my high school years, I remember every kid had that. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone had that disc. That was a great one. But what, yeah, um, it was weird being the the kid. And I like that stuff, too. I like Nirvana. I liked Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. But I really liked the, you know, more like the Guns N' Roses and the Metallicas and stuff like that. More than They called it, I don't know, I, I, I used this term with Marcus Scott from Trickster, and he had like never heard it. But they, back where I was from, they would call that stuff butt rock. Oh, you like butt rock? Butt rock. Yeah. So I, <laughs> See, I, I, was, I never no, heard it called butt rock. Either. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, uh, that was funny. So, you sure you didn't make that up? Butt <laughs> yeah, rock? That, that was like a Seattle thing. Everyone in Seattle, <laughs> that's what they called heavy metal. They called it butt rock, and and grunge was grunge, and that was like cool. But if you liked heavy metal, oh, you like that butt rock stuff. So right, long right. hair stuff. Yeah. So you're really into the that whole scene, the '80s rock scene what what some bands are are your favorites so yeah like like i said skid row that was the first one that kind of like kind of blew me away because i never really i'd always you know i like some rock songs and things that probably the more like popular rock songs but that was mainstream huh the more mainstream stuff right yeah like and it was like probably stuff that you didn't even know that you're a fan of that song like you know extreme more than words you're like oh yeah i guess i do like an extreme song like you just didn't even know um, but like that was the first album that I was listening to the full album and all the like the heavier stuff that they didn't play on the radio, you know. Right. So, so then I got into that and Skid Row, and then it was like Guns and Roses and Metallica, and then like I said, like the the more even the the hair stuff like Poison and Warrant. I was buying those CDs back when nobody else was listening to that stuff, especially in Seattle. Like none of my friends. I mean, that's what's so cool now is the internet. I can connect with all these people that you know that like dangerous toys and. And these kinds of bands that nobody else I knew would listen to that stuff. But yeah, I listened to like White Zombie and Anthrax and and I remember going to see Ozzy and all that stuff. And I got I got like really into all of it. And but but the for some reason the the hair metal stuff just it, it seemed cool to me. I don't know, it seemed like more fun and uh energetic and not you know, some of the grunge was just a little kind of depressing. Depressing, uh, yeah. Excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I I I think so. I mean that whole scene was definitely a lot more fun than I think you know, any of the scenes after it. Mm-hmm. The decade of decadence. For sure. I know, yeah. I know we had some fun back in that time, right, Nick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you guys in a band or like uh, The Last Great Hope or something like that? Well, that the Last jo- Great Hope jo- was. Yeah, the, jo- Joe was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the band I was in before I moved out to California for wow. a little bit. But that, that was like a pop punk band in the early, yeah. I don't know, early 2000s, I'd say. I yeah. think I saw, I heard some of your stuff on YouTube. It was good. Do you guys do is that? Who does who does your theme song? Is that is that you doing that? That's that awesome. well, yeah. yeah, that's that's um, I I play in bass on that, and I did the drums, and our buddy John, um, wrote the music and sang. Okay, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like it. It's catchy. Yeah, it, it it, you know, we we started with one of ours on our first episodes. Um, a group uh, Nick and I do. It's called Distance Project. Mm-hmm. We had one of our songs as the intro, but I felt it needed something more, so that's why. Uh, yeah, John that's what I was talking. That. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I forgot John was doing them. The other one is, yeah. is that how you know some of? Is that how you get your guests? Like, is that you know some of the musicians from being a musician? Because, like, for me, it's like I don't know any of these people. I just I'm just cold calling them basically and reaching out and saying, "Hey, do you want to be on my podcast?" And they probably think I'm nuts. Well, some of them, I you know, I ran into. Yeah, I guess from being a musician and then back in the day, probably the late 90s, I had a website for music and I met a couple of them through that way. 
Uh, okay, that's right. I remember Ron Keel, who I interviewed too uh, from the Van Keel. He had he had he had given you like a shout out on his page about you know he's doing these podcasts and he did this one where the people were like basically talking shit about him and they were messaging <laughs> yeah. each other and they didn't know that he could see the messages and they were like, this guy can talk forever. And yeah, he was yeah. saying that those guys were such dipshits, but that you were like a total pro and you had had this website, you know, from way back in the day and, and he totally like praised you. So that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. I did see that. And that Nick and I were just talking about that before we got on with you about that episode. <laughs> that must've been, been something else with those guys going back and I forth. I wonder like who the, the other one was that he did that was was bad. I don't know. I don't sure. know. But so let's talk a little bit about podcasting here, Chuck. Actually, sure. no. Let's well, wait a minute because I see that cup and I've got to bring up those Seahawks for you. Oh yeah, I'm a. You didn't know that? I'm a diehard. Seahawks. No, I did know that, and that oh, cup just reminded me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you must not have been very happy last weekend. Oh uh, no, I mean. Uh, I'm used to it. Like you don't understand like people complaining now. It's funny because Seahawks fans, they'll be like, this is ridiculous. People are literally saying they should trade Russell Wilson. Who's the people don't know football. He's our star quarterback. He won a super bowl. He's really good. But you know, we lost a playoff game. Now they're talking about trading Russell Wilson, firing Pete Carroll, who's the head coach. And to me, it's just laughable because I grew up in the eighties and nineties when the Seahawks were, I mean, they were terrible. It was, (laughs) nobody was a fan of the C I think I was the only one who that was like still my favorite sports team. I mean, all the Seattle teams were bad. Like the Mariners were bad. The Seahawks were bad. Even the Sonics were not very good a lot of the time, but I just love football. So I always was like, why, you know, yeah. Excited. Yeah. Well, I feel your pain. Cause I've been a Buccaneer fan since the eighties. So. Uh, still. <laughs> wow. Listen to you. Buccaneer. Yeah. yeah still good. Uh, they won last week, right? They're still in the playoffs. Tom yeah. Brady. I didn't yeah. want to bring that up, but yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Would have been fun to play if my team <laughs> would have played your team, but yeah. Yeah, it would have been, but maybe next year. Mm-hmm. So podcasting. So let yeah. me ask you this. How long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, I think it's been about a year and a half. I think I started it not this past June, but the, the June, it would have been June 2019, I think. Yeah. Okay. It'll be two okay. years this June. So what made okay. you get started in podcasting? Uh, I mean, I just, I think I listened to my, actually my cousin. Uh, so he's a reporter. I actually had him on my show, uh, William Pitts. He's a reporter, a local reporter here. And he started a podcast and it was, it was about like, uh, comic books or comic superhero movies or something like that. But I just remember going, wait, you started a pod, like, can anyone do that? Like, I mean, I'd heard of like Adam Carolla podcasts and other podcasts, but I did, I assumed that you need to have a lot of technical, you know, big equipment and all this stuff. And then, you know, he explained how easy it was. And so I just thought, you know, I should probably do that. And so I, you know, a buddy of mine, I kept pushing him like, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. So we finally, we started a podcast and, um, you know, we had a couple guests on our show and I really liked interviewing the guests. I was like, this is so fun talking to these people. We had like uh, an actress on and a comedian and uh, another actor. And I was like, this would be fun. And so we had talked about each doing our own solo show. So I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to make mine like an interview centered show. And so I just branched out and I, and I started, I think uh, the first episode I did, well, the first one I think I just did, I had my girlfriend on and we just kind of, just to kind of test it and see if I could, you know, upload and upload it and all that stuff. So we did that. And then um, I had a comedian on. And then my third episode was uh, Marka Scott from Trickster. And, uh, and that was, that episode kind of blew up because it got a bunch of, uh, articles from sleaze rocks. And mm-hmm. so like, I think he, he and I both were like, kind of like taken aback at that because I didn't know if sleaze rocks was going to do anything with that interview, but they, for some reason, they just really liked that interview and did five articles about, about it. And so nice. Cool. Oops, yeah. But yeah, I always just thought like there's, there's, I'm always so fascinated by, you know, music and movies and TV and sports and I mean, I can't, I don't have the talent to like act or play music or definitely not play sports. So, you know, the closest I could, thing I can do is interview people. And I, I feel like I'm kind of good at that because I have my counseling degree. And so I'm used to talking to people one-on-one. It's just like second nature to me. Sure. So you were a counselor before you did your podcasting? Yeah, I was, um, I got my, uh, my, mas- my master's in counseling and, and school counseling 
And uh, I, I worked on the schools for like 17 years as a guidance counselor, believe it or not. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was just like, I was getting so burnt out. I did that in Washington and then I moved to Arizona and I thought, okay, I'm going to try something different. And I just couldn't find anything different. So I just fell back into the guidance counseling and I just got kept getting burned out and burned out. And it's weird because when you do podcasting, when I'm interviewing like, you know, dangerous toys or the guy from Skid Row, I mean, it's just, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Like it's so, and, and the people that I'm interviewing, pretty much everyone has been super nice and super down to earth and really respectful. And like in education, it was the opposite. It was like, everyone was so like nasty and just like, I think cause they hate their jobs or whatever. Oh, There's a lot of yeah. like teachers and educational people that I work with that are angry and hate their jobs. And then a lot of the kids are unhappy and a lot of the parents are really unhappy and they want to blame you. And so it just like sucks your energy. And then I feel like when I interview a musician or a comedian or, you know, somebody that I I'm excited about, it's like a totally different, it like, you know, it cranks it's up. Uplifting. Yeah. yeah. Uplifting. Exactly. I'm sure you guys know, I'm sure you feel the same way after talking to some of these guys, like it's really cool to hear because they're living out their dreams. So they're super happy. Have you had any guests that, uh, you don't, don't say names of course, but, uh, <laughs> can you, can you remember back to any of them that were a little difficult to interview? Uh, I mean, yeah, some of the younger bands that I've interviewed, um, it's, it's interesting because like, you'll have a guy like Donnie V who can just, I mean, he can talk your ear off and it's not a bad thing. I love it. Like he's, he's such a colorful character and he can just talk, 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 talk. And even Marcus Scott, same thing. They're just, they're both, they're good storytellers and they're really colorful in the way they talk and they're definitely not boring. So you'll have guys like that. And so like your job with the people like that is just more to like, okay, you got to kind of rein it in and uh, know when to cut them off and when to ask the next question. And cause they'll, they'll go on and on and on. And oh yeah, you know, that's difficult. Um, but that's, that's easier than if you have somebody who, doesn't talk. I mean, you probably know, uh, but like I said, I think it's some of the younger bands, you know, they don't have as much experience, uh, not only doing interviews, but just life experience. So they don't have as much to talk about, like, and I don't have as many questions to draw from because they haven't done like 30 or 40 interviews or, you know, articles or things on Wikipedia that I can ask them about. So I'm kind of like, uh, grasping at straws, trying to find things to ask them. And then a lot of times they just give me a few sentences and then I'm like, okay, but I actually kind of like that too because it'll it gives me a chance to talk more. So yeah, yeah, it's just different challenges. Like it depends on like you know the obviously the best is like the sweet spot where you have somebody who's like answers your questions, doesn't go on too long, but isn't too brief either. Like just succinct and just you know answers the questions and and then you can move on to the next question. Yeah, right. yeah, we've we've been pretty lucky, I'd say, yeah. Nick. Right? We yeah, all yeah, our guests have been. They've been you know, real good. Pretty, yeah. yeah, they've been smooth. Donnie yeah, and Mark. Been, and I don't know about you guys, but like, for ever, like I said, everyone for me has been super nice and down to earth, which is really surprising because I would always think like, like I said, working in the schools, you'd think that working in the schools, people that want to work with kids, they're helping and nurturing and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, no, it's the opposite. They're like, like bitchy and nasty. And then the people that, uh, you know, are rock stars that you think those people would be assholes and like that have these big egos and things. They're super down to earth and they're super nice. Yeah. So it's, like, it's really interesting, like mix. I was like, oh, I should have done this years ago. This is way better. <laughs> Definitely, I would say so. Uh, yeah, M Mark uh, from Trickster. That was the one you you got cut off on, it, right, Nick? Yes, we <laughs> I was on pause for half the show and I didn't know. <laughs> oh no! I was mute. wondering why it Nick was wasn't mute. saying anything, and towards and the end. I'm talking, what? I'm asking questions and they're ignoring me and I'm going, okay, I won't say anything else. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know I was on mute. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, Oops. That was funny. Have you had but, a lot of those technical difficulties? Is that, a, is that the only time? Or? No, no, that's not the only time. We had, it took us, what, 18 episodes to finally get the phone. Connected. Yeah, we could, yeah, we couldn't get the phones working right. So. Oh, Cause, really? Because we try, do you do, ever do phone-ins? I used to, so yeah, I used to, um, I started with phone-ins and then, um, I don't know why I, I think my buddy was saying, uh, you know, you should really get on YouTube because there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts that are, you know, on YouTube and they, and, but to me, I never understood uploading just an audio on YouTube. So I was like, well, mm -hmm. if I'm going to do YouTube, I want to do the video. And then that was kind of a popular thing, uh, because of the, the, uh, COVID and all that lockdown, everyone was doing zoom. So I was like, well, I think I'm going to make the jump and I'm going to start doing zoom instead of, uh, just regular phone calls. And I think the the call quality is better 
on Zoom and, and probably the same with the Skype. I think it's a lot better. And then it's nice to have, I don't typically watch interviews through Zoom and stuff, but it's nice to have that. I mean, you can listen on YouTube and just minimize the screen and, and listen to it. So, and it's nice yeah. to be able to see the person you're talking to. I think that helps a lot too. Yeah, it uh, does help. Um, but when we, we were trying to get the phone working cause we wanted to make it easy as possible for the guests. Cause not, we were finding at the beginning, some of our early guests didn't have, uh, Skype or, you know, they had zoom or not Skype or yeah. we didn't have everything. So we figured the phone would be easiest, but no, that, that gave us the time. 18 yeah. episodes to get it working. 18 episodes, really? Yeah. we oh. ha- I, You should see how many adapters I bought to try and connect this thing. <laughs> oh, I almost spent yeah. $500 in adapters. Yeah, I've just got this. Uh, it's like a Rodecaster Pro mixing board, and it mm-hmm. makes it super easy. If anyone's interested in podcasting, I mean, you just plug in a mic, and uh, you can Bluetooth your phone, and uh, you can Bluetooth it uh, or connect it to your computer. And that's what I connected to the computer and that I do the Skype and the Zooms and all that stuff through the computer. And then with this you know, nice mic and my headphones and I can adjust the levels and things. And it's pretty basic because I'm not real techie. So I don't I can't get into all the different kinds of things. I need something real simple. Yeah. Well, you looks like you got a good setup there. Do you mic? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's funny. Uh, Adam Hamilton from LA guns. I just had him on and he's like, Oh, is that, that's the road N five. He's like, that's my favorite mic. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I, yeah, I guess so. Where, where do you see your podcast going? Where would you like it to go? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just want to grow it. I, I like seeing things grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, you know, I'd love to have a, uh, a business or something like that. Uh, but you know, just in terms of the, with the podcast, it's just, it's cool to see things grow. I started with, you know, just a couple episodes and I was getting, you know, a few hundred, uh, downloads a month. And, you know, now I'm getting over clearly over a thousand downloads a month. And then if you add in YouTube, it's even more. And so it's definitely growing a lot in only a year and a half. So I just want to see how I can just hopefully continue that and just continue to keep growing it and getting it bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, I'd like to be able to, I don't know if you guys have, I can't remember if you have sponsors, but I'd like to try to get some sponsors or, or find a way to monetize it. I think there's mm-hmm. different ways to do that. You know, getting people to click you know, like a link or something, and then you get a percentage or that kind of thing. But if I can just get some sort of baseline on that, mm-hmm. and then again, just try to try to grow it. It's just really fun. It's, you know, you hear people talk about, you know, these, these billionaires and stuff. And it's like, why would, you know, you have a billion dollars. Why do you keep trying to make more money? It doesn't make any sense to a lot of people, but uh, my dad was a financial advisor and he would tell me he worked with these people, these not, maybe not necessarily the billionaires, but the millionaires. And he would say like, for them, it's like a game, you know, they want to yeah. see like, how do they, how can they grow this and make more money off of this and make money off that. And to me, that feels like for podcasting, it's like, it's like a game to me. Like, you know, how can I grow this? Like, how can I get this guest? How can I get that guest? And mm-hmm. it's just a blast. I mean, it's really fun. Every aspect of it, the social media, interviewing, you know, doing the research, uh, seeing people's reactions. It's amazing when people reach out and they're like, that was a great interview. And I'm like, really? Like you like that? That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's like, I mean, that's the greatest compliment that anyone can give me. And I, and again, it goes back to like, when I worked in the schools, it was just like, you're just getting like shit on, like everyone's complaining about everything you're doing. And then you do something like this. That's like, it's really like fun and I enjoy it. And then for someone else to actually enjoy it too, is like, that's like a huge high. I mean, yeah. If I could have more people reaching out and saying they enjoy, you know, the more the better. So you know, I guess to just continue to grow it, see where how how big I can get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about your e- research because listening to some of your podcasts, I mean, you you do some research on a lot of those. I do. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I. That's just kind of like I f- I feel like I need to do it. I guess I I want to give the guests. Um, you know, the best experience and I want to put in as much effort as I can. And, um, so I, and I'm just really interested in people. I, you know, I'm really, I want to hear people's stories. And even if it's somebody that, you know, maybe has zero fame or whatever, or hasn't done anything yet, I still want to learn everything I can about this person and, you know, their background, where they're from, how they got into, you know, music or comedy or acting or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, the struggles along the way, did they ever think about quitting? 
Um, where do they want to go in the future? Like all these things, like, it's just really like, I'm a curious person. And so it was mm-hmm. weird because I was a counselor. They're always telling you like, you don't ask people why, like you don't follow your curiosity. And it was always like going against my natural instincts as a person, you know, because I'm just a naturally curious person. And so, um, with the podcast I can I can do all this research and find out so much about people. And I love it. I, I mean, I think to me, it's really interesting. Like I love listening. I'm listening to interviews of Skid Row and, you know, preparing for this interview with Rachel Bolin and, uh, trying to find out as much as I can about the band and him and, and, and then trying to cram it all into like an hour, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how much time do you put into research for a guest? That's a good question. Um, it's different for every guest. Uh, you know, some, some guests like, uh, like I just had a guy on the other day, uh, Dusty Bow, and, uh, you know, he just hasn't, you know, when you're scouring the internet and for inter, you know, interviews that they've done or articles or research, there's just not a lot there for some people. Um, so for a guy like that, it might only be a few hours, a couple hours, maybe I'm looking through their social media or something and trying to find stuff I can, I can bring up to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. but for other people that, you know, more established, like Dave Elfson of Megadeth, I mean, I could, I could literally spend, you know, days and weeks doing, uh, research. I can't do that much. I mean, so, you know, it's still going to be probably a few hours, you know, just depends like probably at least a couple for most people. And then on the high end, maybe, maybe 10 to 15, if I'm, if I'm really trying to, you know, if it's a really big interview and I really want to dig deep, then I can, I can spend that much time. And, you know, it's, I'll be doing stuff while I'm doing other things. Like I'll be listening to podcasts while I'm working out or, um, you know, it's like while I'm on my phone, while I'm watching football with my girlfriend or something like that. So it's kind of like trying to combine things a lot of times, but yeah, yeah. I just enjoy it. Like it's actually fun for me. Uh-huh. Is your girlfriend a Buccaneer fan? Or a Seahawk fan. <laughs> no, I, she, so yeah, she's from Arizona. So I had to convert her oh. into, a, I don't think she cared about football very much. I, I, I think she probably still doesn't, but, um, I make her wear Seahawk stuff and root for the Seahawks. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe if she'll root for the Buccaneers this weekend. Hey, I could, who are they playing? I forget who they're playing this weekend. They are playing the saints. Oh, ooh, that's going to be a tough one. I'll, yeah. We've I already mean, lost twice to them this year. Yeah, that's that's too old. I, I think I said, do you see that graphic of Tom Brady and Drew Brees? And it's like the History Channel and they both have big beards. And I did see that. That's that was cool. great. I yeah. like that. <laughs> that should be a good game. Yeah, we'll see. Legends. Yeah, yeah. Might be the last time you see him. Depends if Brees comes back. Yeah, or or Brady. He said he wants to go to at least 45, but. Yeah, well, we'll see. So tell me about. um some guests that you would like to have on your show. Ooh. If you could have anybody on there, yep. who, who are the guys you'd like to have? Or you girls? have any in the works right now? Uh, yeah, I got, it's funny. Like, uh, I've actually, I'm scheduled out for the next like month or so, but I, mm. I think I have a few holes that I might try to fill in, but it's tough, man. It seems like it comes in waves. Like you'll, you'll reach out to a bunch of people and nobody will respond. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it like comes back like a week later, then you'll get a bunch of messages from people that want to come on. So, um, you know, I mean, I obviously like the, the top ones, you know, I really like, I'm a big Skid Row fan, obviously. So I had Rachel on, that was great. I mean, he's a guy that wrote those songs, but to have Sebastian Bach on the singer of Skid Row, I mean, that would be, and he's just such a personality too. I think he would be a great guest. I've seen him in interviews and he's, I mean, I think even to this day, especially when I was younger though, when he, when he was younger too, he would be so crazy in interviews bouncing off the walls. So I think he'd be really fun. Um, but my ultimate, uh, one that I'm, I'm really holding out for is, uh, Axl Rose. I really want to interview him. Really? He doesn't do any interviews. And I I think that'd be a really fascinating interview. He's a fascinating guy. I mean, just everything about him is so interesting the music, but also just that he, you know, he doesn't do interviews and like all that time that he just was like out of the spotlight. Like, what was he doing? And, I mean, he's just got to have a lot of stories to tell. So mm-hmm. that's going to be one that I hopefully will will get to do someday. That would be the ultimate. If I get that interview, then I mean, I don't know what else I could do after that. <laughs> That'd be then like you'd the, retire, right? <laughs> seriously, like yeah. I mean, I felt it was just amazing even to interview Rachel Bolin and like Eric Turner from Warrant. I mean, I thought that just like blew my mind. I was like, these are like you know two of my favorite bands, and then also Dave Fortman from Ugly Kid Joe. I mean, those were like three of my favorite bands to so to interview those guys was like it's pretty surreal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how often do you 
do a podcast every week? Like how often a week? Oh, that's a good question too. Um, it, yeah, it varies. You know, it's like when okay. I first started, I think I was just trying to, you know, do it when I could. And I think the first, um, cause I was still doing that other podcast too. And so I was trying to, I was doing like two different podcasts. And so, you know, I would just do a couple, like two or three a month or even sometimes one or two a month. And then, um, you know, I really started to try to focus on this one a lot more and it was like at least once a week. And then it's like more like twice a week. And this week I've got three interviews. So, I mean, sometimes it's three, but th probably about my limit, I think, because, oh, you know, again, all the research I do. And then, I, you know, I add like an intro and an outro and. And sometimes you got to do the transcription if you want to submit it to a website. So I think three is is kind of is the most that I can do. But I think two is kind of my goal right now. So if I can get two a week, I think that's pretty good. I also mm -hmm. don't want to like overwhelm people with – if I was doing like four or five, I, I don't think people have time to listen to that many podcasts of mine, you know? So Yeah, you never know. I don't know. We we do one. We do one a week, Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah every but. Thursday. Yeah, That's, no, I mean, that, just with yeah. work and family and kids, you know, a lot home stuff gets in the way a lot of times. For sure. Yeah. That's one advantage I have too, is I don't, I mean, I have a girlfriend, but we don't have any kids. And, um, you know, for the longest time I was, uh, I was just collecting unemployment. So that was kind of nice. So I had, I was, this was like my main focus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's still like a really big focus for me, I think right now, um, that I'm really trying to grow it as much as I can, but um, I think two is is good for me right now. You know, it might it might change later, but mm -hmm. so, okay, like I said, occasionally maybe it'll be three. But uh, I think two is good. Yeah, you stay you stay booked out. You said you're what a month booked out. Well, yeah. I mean, it was funny. I was talking to you, and you were mm -hmm. asking me like advice on how to get guests, and then you said something like, "Well, yeah, I'm like booked out for the next month," and I was like, "I should be asking you for advice." <laughs> yeah, I remember that conversation. Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny, but. Um, so like I said, it was like I'd sent out all these messages and I wasn't hearing back from anybody. I was like, geez, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it's like my girlfriend always has to remind me of this, too, because I'll, I'll get, you know, I'll be complaining and and telling her like, oh, man, nobody wants to come on my show. And she's like, you do this every time you'll send out a bunch of messages and no one will respond. And then all of a sudden when it rains, it pours. And so, yeah, then all the people start re you know responding finally. And and so, yeah, I just uh, I just started booking out. I think too, it's like, you kind of have to decide, um, you know, how picky are you going to be? Because, you know, I could hold out for Axl Rose and that'd be great to get him, but I don't know that it, 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 it helps me if I just hold out for the next Axl Rose interview, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so sometimes it's, it's nice, you know, I have people reaching out to me and, um, you know, I have to kind of decide like, okay, well, this person is, you know, is this going to get, is, are people going to want to even hear this? But right. uh, I think for me right now, it's a lot of it is just getting practice. I mean, I'm only a year and a half into this thing. And so I just want to get interviews. So I just want to get as many as I can. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's a band or a comedian or whatever that I, that I, I think is interesting and I, and I think it's fun. I like the music or I like their comedy or, or whatever they're doing, then, um, you know, I'm just going to, try to squeeze them in and schedule it because I think that that's uh it's good practice for me. Yeah. 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 You have a lot, you get a lot of comedians on your show. I noticed yeah. you're into yeah. comedy. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love stand up comedy. I used to, I tried comedy for a little bit. I did some open mics and stuff and, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a rush, but I, I don't know. Ultimately I felt like I, I just don't know if I can compete with some of the, and there's so many comedians out there and so many of them are so good. And I just don't know if, if I would ever be at that level, it would, it's, it's a grind to do that and talking to them and, and seeing what they go through and what they do. It's, it's rough. It's a, it's a rough thing. If you're, I mean, it, you know, it's obviously it's different if you're Dave Chappelle or whatever, but I mean, if sure. you're just trying to make it as a comedian, um, and, and be a professional, like traveling, touring comedian, it's, it's hard. How do you get the balls to get up on stage and try and make people laugh? Yeah, it's scary. I mean, booze helps, I think, for a lot of people, <laughs> especially when you first start. Like now I feel like I just don't even I don't even give a shit. It's uh, you get to this point. I used to be so scared of um, speaking in front of groups and stuff. And I don't know. I remember yeah. one time I was uh, I had to give this speech at my school. And for whatever reason, um, I just. I just, I, I practiced it. I think that's for me, that was the thing is like, I practiced the speech. I, I practiced going, I went into the auditorium that time ahead of time and, 
and gave the speech to an empty auditorium. And I was like, okay, I think I got this. And then I, I, I did it and, uh, I think I did pretty well. And then I just realized like, I don't, I'm not really scared of speaking in front of people. <laughs> it's for whatever reason that fear just kind of, it just kind of went away. Like I just didn't care. So uh-huh. I don't know. You ever get nervous before your interviews? Oh, that's a good question too, because yes, I do. And, uh, yeah, like I remember the, one of the ones, uh, Mark Norman, that was a comedian. That's probably my most popular episode, at least on YouTube. It's, it's gotta be almost at 5,000 views, which is crazy. I don't know how many people actually watch the whole thing. Right. Uh, I was nervous. Cause like, man, this guy's like, he's pretty big. He's got like, I don't know, 200 and some thousand followers on Instagram and, you know, he's been on Joe Rogan and stuff like what, you know, who the hell am I to, to have this guy on my show? But, um, you know, once you, it's always that part right before the interview that and it's like, again, my girlfriend can tell you, she's like, you, you do this every time you get nervous right before the interview and then you get on and then you're fine. But it's always, that's always the worst part for me. I don't know about you, but like right before the interview, I'm always like, I get like my nerves start acting up and I just start to like second guess myself and, and freak out a little bit. But then once I get like the first or even the or second question or whatever, like once I, once the interview starts, I'm usually fine because I have my questions all prepared. So I can always just stick to the script if I get nervous. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're the same. Nick and I get on before, like before we call you, we're on and we, we do just... our thing and the intro and all that stuff. And, but yeah, be right before the show is when you're most anxious. I, that, that's how it works for me. Yeah. Definitely. And then. It, it for me it it's always the like unlike your your show we don't script this out so there's no questions right. in front of us or anything <clears throat> excuse yeah. me um so for me it's getting the conversation started is the most nerve-wracking for me yeah did you you so you have difficulties with that sometimes i mean because sometimes people they just it's hard to get them to talk sometimes i mean <laughs> luckily we haven't really faced anything that was like just a, a train wreck, but, uh, you know, you, you get those nerves. What am I going to ask him first? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's good. kind of I fun in a way too, though. It's kind of fun doing it that way. It's, it makes it a little bit dangerous and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So I kind of like that in a way too. Yeah, no, that's fun. And I like, I've been doing more of that too, is like kind of going off script, especially if they bring something up and you want to fall down a rabbit hole, you know, if they, uh, say something about, yeah, you know, I auditioned for some bands and I'm like, wait, what bands did you audition for? And then, right. you know, it's like those kinds of stories are sometimes the biggest things that, uh, come out of the interview. So yeah, sure. It's yeah. good to have those skills, especially, and you guys are good at like listening to the guest. I think that's huge. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. It's fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> see like now, what am I going to say next? <laughs> oh God, here we go. Danger, danger, danger. Um, so people that would, let's, let's say there's somebody listening that's thinking about starting a podcast. What would you yeah. recommend to them? Don't start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just like playing in a band. Don't play in a band. Right. I mean, it's like, what are you going to, I mean, I feel like there's, there's so many, uh, music podcast now i feel like there's one every other day or like once a week or once a month there's somebody else that started another uh music podcast and you know i'm I'm sure that's probably what people thought when they saw my podcast they're probably like oh god here we go and and it's funny uh izzy presley who i had on you know the name of his podcast is another fucking podcast like right because that's what it, it feels like there's so many podcasts out there um, so I would just say if you're going to start a podcast, uh, you know, I mean, I guess depend on, depends on what you want to do with a podcast. Like if you just want to do it as a hobby then for sure, like definitely start it. And, um, if you want to try to do it as like a career, like I just don't, I mean, you know, I don't know if that's, it's in the cards for most people, probably not me either, but I'm giving a go at it. Yeah. But I think that the thing is, is like, is just do something. I mean, that's what like. I remember I always ask people for advice with stuff like this. I remember like I saw uh, Rob Schneider at uh, at the improv down here. And I was just, I asked for advice just on, I asked him too. I asked him, what did he think about South Park making fun of him and the carrot episodes? And he said, oh, I thought it was great, which I thought was bullshit. So I'm like, dude, it was totally making fun of you. But uh, that was funny. But also he said, he goes, do what you love, you know? 
or passion, which I'm, it's kind of cliche probably, but I mean, that's coming from somebody who's, who's on SNL and had movies and, you know, and I think a lot of those, the people that we talk to, they would probably tell you the same thing, follow your passion. So if there's something that you're really interested, it doesn't have to be music. I mean, it could be, uh, movies or TV or sports or, uh, cooking or, I mean, there's all sorts of different, a lot of people really into the murder podcast, which I don't know, it's hard to say that's like a passion, but you know, it's like whatever that you really like, that's something that you want to listen to, uh, go for it, start a podcast. And, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of YouTube videos out there that you can, that can explain it to you how to do it. Or you can, you can reach out to me. I'll give you the basic advice. It's really not that hard. No, it's not. I watched all those YouTube videos. Did you? <laughs> I did. I, I got to admit, I did. See, we had, we were doing, Nick and I did our show, as you might know, like way back when, what was that, 2000, Nick? Yeah, 2000. We had a, what was that re- recorder we had? Was that a Roland or a Tascam? Yeah, that was a Roland digital recorder. So we would record it in our garage, just uh-huh. kind of like we're doing now, but we'd be all together. And okay. we'd have lo- local bands come in and sometimes play. And we would record that, and then we would converted into a at the time it was called a real player okay file. and uh we would upload that to my website and then to listen to it you had to download it oh so but it's free it was free yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's so it's kind of like a podcast before there was podcasts yeah and, that, and that's yeah. what ron was referring to i think yeah oh okay that's very cool so we were doing that so you know in almost a year ago we haven't been quite doing this for a year yet but I said to Nick, why don't we bring that show back, but in podcast format? And that's how we got going with it. So we kind of already knew what to do. Just I was watching all those videos just to get caught up on podcasting because I wasn't real familiar with podcasting. Right. Yeah. And there's different. I mean, you can make it as simple or as complicated as you want. I mean, if you look at Joe Rogan, he's got like the cameras and the different camera angles and, you know, then, you know, people can make these crazy intros and then there's people that edit their podcast. Yeah. I don't edit my podcast. I just don't have the time. I feel like it's a better use of my time to do more interviews and get more practice that way than mm-hmm. to edit down all the ums and ahs and all that crap. So, um, but, you know, I mean, some people do that and it probably makes for a better product at the end of the, you know, when you listen to the final product and having that interview, of it's cut out some of the fluff and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you can make it as do as much work as you want on it, or you could do, you could make it real. I think there's podcast apps you can do from your phone. You don't even need a microphone. You just do it from your phone. Yeah. 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 We're the same way. We don't edit this podcast. So whatever you say is going to be out there. Okay. Well, hopefully I didn't say anything too incriminating <laughs> yet. Every now and then we'll get some nose sniffling in there. And, but uh-huh. no. <laughs> yeah, I got to keep our noses away from the microphone. Yeah. I try to not, uh, <laughs> I, I think I've only had to edit out a couple different, I mean, if it's something like really blatant, like sometimes people will be like, Oh, hold on for a second. And then they'll put you on hold for like, you know, a couple minutes. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to leave that in my episode. So I'll edit out if it's something blatant like that. But yeah, if it's an um or an awe or sniffle or, you know, I just, I, I, for me, I feel like it's better to just keep, keep, you know, re- uh, release the episode as it is and then move on to the next one. So Someday you, I'd like to have somebody that could, I'd like to hire somebody that would do all that editing for me though. That'd be amazing. Wouldn't it though? Mm-hmm. Would it, now you'd transcribe all your podcasts. Um, I, so I know I just use like a, a software, a website that does, there's like a bunch of different ways to do a bunch of different sites, I think. But like I, I, my podcast is on Buzzsprout and, uh, they recommend this site. It's like Otter or something or other. And, uh, you just upload the audio and then it, the computer does all the transcription, but you have to go in and uh, you have to clean up a lot of that for a transcription. Like if you're going to submit it to a website, you probably want to clean up a lot of the ums and the ahs in the transcript, not mm. necessarily the audio portion, but like with the transcript, because if they're going to print an article, you, I mean, you don't want somebody's the article to say like, you know, saying out the ums and the ahs in the article. That's not, and usually the, the websites will probably do some of that for you, but I try to clean it up before I submit it. If I, if I can, do you do that with all your shows or just, just certain ones? Um, no, just certain ones, just yeah. ones that I think that they would do an article for. Like if I have a, you know, a guy that no one's heard of, 
that's a you know a little more like either local or or under the radar. I mean, even some of the the, the younger bands that have a following, I feel like eh, they're probably not going to run an article on this band just because they're they're they don't have as big a following yet. So right, yeah. I don't try to take the time to do the transcription and and clean it up and submit it because I kind of you kind of get to learn what they're looking for. When you submit mm-hmm. stuff, you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be so great! They're gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna get like five articles from this interview, and you'll send it in, and the, and then they won't do any articles, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that wasn't as groundbreaking as I thought. <laughs> so you kind of learn like what they're looking for and um, what they're not. I just submitted the last couple uh, episodes I did, and I haven't seen anything yet. So yeah, I, I kind of knew. I was like, eh, these ones, they're kind of on the. Fa- I mean, I thought they were really interesting, but it just kind of learn what those sites are looking for. They're, they're really looking for really big name stuff or really big drama or gossip. Or if there's something, it's funny. Cause even like when I had uh, Dave Fortman from ugly kid Joe and he had uh, mentioned that there was a new ugly kid Joe album, I thought like all the websites are going to blow up with that. And they, for some reason they just didn't, I don't, I don't know. I guess maybe they just assume, Oh, well every band's working on a new album until there's like an actual release date, we're not going to run with the story. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. See, here's another moment. I forgot what I was just going <laughs> to ask you. No, but that was cool. The Dave Foreman, though, I got to tell you. So again, I was a huge Ugly Kid Joe fan. Like they were probably in my top five bands growing up. And I'm sitting there with Dave Foreman and he's telling me about the new Ugly Kid Joe album. And he shows me the artwork for the new album. It's not out. No one else has seen this artwork. I mean, except like people that know the band or whatever. And so I got to see the artwork before anyone else said, I was like, Oh, this is fucking cool. Like I'm seeing the artwork for the album. Like I felt like pretty cool at that point. You know what I mean? Like I was like, Oh, I'm in the, it's cool when you're kind of in the, uh, the circle. Like I, I, I interviewed, um, I don't know if you know, Troy Patrick Farrell. He's, he's got a radio show, this, that, and the other. And he was a drummer for white lion and, um, a couple other bands. He works Mm -hmm. with Gibbs now. Anyways, I had him on him and Brandon Gibbs. They were doing a show in Phoenix at the at, at one of the clubs and uh so i went up and met up with him and i had all my equipment and we went like backstage and we're in the green room and stuff and i'm like oh this is so cool i'm like in the the green room like this is like the secret i always like wondered what those rooms were right. like i mean it's really not that it's just a room you know but like right. it's still kind of cool you're like you're kind of backstage like i don't know it felt kind of cool to me i thought that was exciting yeah now, you, you guys get a lot of experience with that do what do you guys ever have experience with that like going like backstage behind the scenes of some of these concerts and things yeah i've been backstage to a lot of different shows Isn't metallica cool? um metallica, really? yeah, a lot of them you know what i did for i don't you weren't there nick right no who metallica the, the, that was no, the injustice for all tour no we, so we washed their uh polished the truck rims to get backstage oh. passes on that tour <laughs> oh really well, that's amazing that i mean a long time ago like, I would have wiped Metallica's butts. Like I was a huge fan. I would have done anything. I would have cleaned up their vomit. I don't care. Like that would just be amazing to be around that band. And I think for me, that's just this thing with all these being around all these cool rock stars and stuff. It's just, it's fun to be around. I mean, I would, you know, cause I talked to like Craig gas, he's a comedian and, but he's also like a really big music fan. And he talks about how a lot of his friends are really into music and couldn't, you know, they couldn't have a career in music, but they found passion for lighting or sound or whatever. And sure. And that's for me, it's like the same thing. I'm like, I just love entertainment, music and sports and, and, uh, movies and TV and stuff. So to just be around in any capacity. And I feel like interviewing the people is, I feel like that's one of the best things that you can do to be around it, in my opinion. Yeah. No. Yeah. We've, when I had my website, I did a lot of interviews, just written interviews, you know, not, Mm. not audio. Um, so I had a lot of backstage passes on those Ozfests and, you know, those kind of things. But when we were, when I was real young, I used to get backstage just by just walking back there. Basically, sometimes you get kicked out. Sometimes you didn't. So you just walked back there. Yeah. But, you I had mean, a knack queen? of getting backstage. Yeah. That's well, funny. I did that once at, uh, at the, at, so Alice Cooper does this charity show called Christmas pudding. And, uh, it's always like they put it on. It's always like all these big bands. They have like warrant and, and, uh, one year, yeah, they had warrant was there and some other bands. And I, I did that. I just, I walked by the security guard and I kind of smiled at him. Like I knew what yeah. I was doing <laughs> and he didn't stop me. And I walked back and I saw Robert Mason from Warren. I was like, Hey man, let's get a selfie. And I took a <laughs> selfie and, and then I'm in the dressing room and it's a, uh, I think it was Alice Cooper's son. 
and I think his band had just played and I was hanging out and I was just like, they're probably like, who's this drunk? And then somebody came in and said, you're not supposed to be here. And then I I kind of freaked out and laughed. Yeah, no, we, we uh, used to, if you, I'm sure it's not like that anymore. I don't do that anymore, of course. But back then when I was a kid, you could just, if you you looked like you belonged, you Mm. were good to go. Oh, you got us on the enough's enough bus. Yeah, well, you just walk <laughs> on it sometimes. That's crazy. Yeah, my brother—that was my brother's strategy too. Like, I used—I remember one summer I worked at a movie theater, and I told him, "I go, hey, I got a, a family passes. Like, you can come in, and I'll let you in and see any movie for free." And he said, "Well, I pretty much see any movie I want for free, anyways." I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, I just walk in there like I own the place, and no one ever asked me for a ticket stub." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. With Queensrÿche, yeah. we just after the show was over, you know, it's all chaos up by the stage, so. Right. Jumped right up, got right up on the stage, started carrying off drums, put a drum down, then start walking away. <laughs> oh, you pretended like you were like a stage crew or something? Yeah, they, nobody's looking. Okay. At least back then, again, that was a long time ago, but. Yeah, I feel like security's maybe amped up now, though. Yeah, we did, uh, we did get kicked out of Rat, though, and the security guards were walking us out through oh. where their bus pulls out. Yeah. And all the fans were standing around at the top of the little hill thinking we were rat because we had all the long hair and all the security guards walking us out. So they started <laughs> cheering and everything. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> so you get a lot of these young bands I see too on your podcast. Yes. Where, yeah. How are you finding these bands? Are you scouring the internet for new bands or how do you find them? Yeah. I mean, it's a variety of different ways. Like sometimes uh, a band will, uh, maybe follow me on uh, Instagram or something. And so then mm-hmm. I'll check out their stuff or they'll send me stuff. Uh, I get a lot of people like send, I don't know if you guys get that too, but I get a lot of people like, Hey, check out my demo or check out yeah, my, uh, my new band. And, and then, you know, you're kind of, you try to be polite and um, you know, because I just think it's awesome if anybody is even making an attempt to make music. Cause I, I played guitar for a couple of years and I sucked and I never recorded any songs. So if you record anything, I think that's awesome. And, um, but yeah, people will send me stuff, but a lot of times, um, I'll just, yeah, I'll just, it's a lot of like, uh, I mean, the same thing with my research. I just scour, I scour the internet. A lot of times you can find stuff, uh, by looking at some of these, these big festivals that are coming up and you'll see like this big list of like a giant, you know, it'll be like in the big print, it'll be like Metallica and Megadeth and, and that kind of stuff. And then if you look into the smaller fine print, then it's like these, uh, these up and coming bands. Um, and then the other thing I'll do is I'll ask these bands. Like I had on uh, Nick Reese from joyous wolf, which mm-hmm. great band. They, they sound kind of Zeppelin a little bit, uh, really talented stuff. He's a great singer. And I asked him like, what are you listening to? Or what's, what are some up and coming bands in your area? And he named off all these different bands. And so then I'll, you know, like he told me of, of limbo and, some other stuff. So then I, I get those bands on and then I ask them like, Hey, what are some bands that you're listening to? And so it's just kind of like that, uh, finding out that way. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's that, to me, that's kind of like a game too. It's fun yeah. to like find, discover new music. And, uh, and then I can be, and it's cool that I have this like Avenue, like, like the band all or nothing. I thought I found, I randomly found them because I had on the band true villains. And I think they were tagged in some picture and I saw the singer and he looked like he was in an eighties band. Like he had long blonde hair and he's got like the spandex or like tight pants. And I'm like, this guy looks like a band. He's in a band that I would like. So I checked out all or nothing and I was like, this stuff's good. So then I can reach out to them and have them on the show. And it's like, and they're thrilled, you know, because they're still like an up and coming band, but they also, they have a pretty big following. And that's one of my more popular episodes because of that. I think because really a lot of those up and coming bands, you know, if they haven't done a lot of interviews, uh, you know, they do one interview, they're going to share it. I think that one, God, that one and true villains, those two bands, they're both newer bands. And both of those interviews got shared ridiculous amounts on Facebook, nice. 25, 30 shares because every family member aunt, uncle, you know, yeah, every fan is sharing it. They're really excited. Oh, look, it's my band, my favorite band, or, you know, my, my local band that I like did an interview. And so they're really excited about it and excited for the band. So I, I think that sometimes those are better interviews or better episodes than some of the ones where it's, you know, it's a guy who's, who's done so many. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Donnie V 
But I mean, that guy's he's been on so many. I mean, you couldn't keep up with all the podcasts he's doing. He's he does a lot yeah. of podcasts, which is great for him. Um, but you know, for these younger bands, it's like if they get one interview, I mean, it's that's a big deal. So, yeah. Do you prefer uh, musicians, comedians, athletes? What do you, is there any that you prefer to interview? Yeah, I mean, athletes. Athletes are tough, you know, because yeah, we haven't uh, had any athletes on this show yet. What's that? We haven't done any athletes on this show yet. Yeah. So first of all, athletes are hard to get on the show, at least for me, because a lot of my, the interviews I've done are with musicians and comedians. So I don't really have a leg to stand on and say like, Hey, you should do my episode because I haven't really had a lot of, uh, other athletes on, but I interviewed a couple of college football players from, I'm a Wazoo fan. I didn't actually go there, but I just, uh, I grew up in Washington. And so you're either a fan of the Huskies or the Cougars. And so I was a big Cougar fan. And so I had a couple Cougar players on and they were great. But, you know, again, it's one of those things like when they're young, they haven't had as much life experience. They haven't had as many interviews. There's not as much research to do. So it's a shorter interview for sure. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's a little bit harder. Um, So athletes probably wouldn't be my favorite. Comedians, it's interesting too, because you'd think that comedians are like going to be really funny in interviews, right? But a lot of the comedians I've interviewed have been like really serious and like really kind of dark almost or like, (laughs) You know, like really, um, you know, I, I try not to get political on my show or whatever, but they're very yeah. into like some like kind of almost like political causes or, or like, you know, human rights kinds of things, which is great. But it, it doesn't always make for the most like fun, you know, entertaining interview, I guess. it's It can be interesting for sure. But it's just like it's not I guess it's kind of not what you expect sometimes. Like I just had on uh, Andrew Slater, though, and he was like pretty funny. He had some good stories and he does a podcast, too. So he kind of knows. Yeah. Um, so comedians are fun, but I think for me, the musicians, it, it is the most fun because a lot of these guys, you know, I grew up with listening to their music and I had, you know, posters of them like Rachel Bolin. I had a poster of him on my wall and now I'm yeah. talking to him and getting to ask him whatever I want. I mean, it's kind of like a kid in the candy store. It's like, it's pretty cool. Like that's really exciting. Now, now if I got to interview like Russell Wilson, Okay, that'd be pretty cool too. Or like even some of the, you know, like Steve Largent. I don't know if that's, I might be dating myself, but he was a wide receiver for the Seahawks. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a huge Seahawks fan of that era too, like as a kid. So, like, that would definitely be huge too. But um, yeah, it's harder to get some of those guys, I think. So, yeah. Have you ever tried reaching out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've tried. Yeah. I've reached out to, I mean, if you, have a band or have you been on a TV show or in a movie or uh, you play a sport, you should check your inbox because you probably have a <laughs> somewhere. So. Got an email from you, Chuck, huh? Yeah. Or it's <laughs> Instagram message or a tweet, Twitter message or Facebook or whatever. So. so what happens when they all get back to you at the same time? Well, that would like be say- the have. Yeah. I don't, I haven't experienced that. I have, like I said, when it, you know, when it rains, it pours. So sometimes that does happen. And then, but that's fine. I can just schedule them out and say, you know, yeah. when you're scheduling. You can, you can schedule out unless it's like, sometimes they're like, well, I can do it right now. And if it's like, you know, if it's somebody that I'm worried, they're going to maybe not, they're going to forget in a month or whatever, or they're going to lose yeah. the message. Then I would just schedule it as soon as possible. So I like one time and it's funny too, because I remember one time, uh, somebody reached out to me and they had like some gossip to, to dish. And I was like, Oh, okay, well I've already got an interview tomorrow. Can we do it like in a couple of days or something? And he's like, sure. And so, but then by the time that I interviewed him, like someone else had interviewed him too. Mm. And so they scooped me. And so the, the gossip went all over a different, you know, somebody else's podcast and they got the articles and, and all that. I was like, shit. I was like, okay, I learned my lesson. If somebody reaches out to you and says that they have some dirt to dish, interview them as soon as possible, like immediately if you can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You had, um, I'm sure it's happened to you. Um, but people just do a no show on you. Oh yeah, there was one that was I don't want to say his name. Yeah, like it's like no, no names. Uh, <laughs> God, I had this comedian. Oh my God, and he was like, you know, like relatively big name guy who's done some, you know, like Adam Carolla and and some pretty some pretty big shows. But yeah, I mean, like we scheduled it, and he was really cool. And then he rescheduled it, and I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then he just kept rescheduling it, and so he kept rescheduling it and pushing it out and pushing it out, and. uh eventually just, you know, just never happened. It just just kept pushing out and just kept canceling 
And it was like, oh, maybe like in a month or something. And then, you know, because we had had a scheduled date and then, you know, we rescheduled it for an actual, it was an actual date. It wasn't like he just said, oh, we'll do it this month or this week. I mean, we had an actual scheduled time day and he just kept blowing me off. So that one was the one that, that hurt the most. I've had a few that have been late or had to reschedule and push it a different day. Um, I've had some of those, well, probably had a lot of those and, uh, and that's, annoying but it's fine because i i'm pretty flexible right now i don't have like a full-time day job that i need to really worry about so i can i can be flexible but it is annoying like when you're expecting to have you know an episode especially like like i said when i do all the research and so i've and i've had a few that that have right now actually that have that have canceled on me because there was i think there was like a week i only had like one episode out and i was supposed to have like two or three that week um, so there's a couple people right now that have canceled on me and said they're going to do it later. So I don't know if they actually will or not, but, uh, sons of bitches. Yeah. It's, it's annoying. And it's like, I get it because I'm nobody, I'm a nobody right now. So, you know, it's just like, it, it kind of drives me to work harder and try to earn that respect so that people do want to do my show and, and, and won't cancel on me. Yeah. I think, I think all in all, Nick, we've been pretty lucky with that. Well, we have what? A couple that didn't show up? Yeah, I think we had. Yeah. Well, we had one that just didn't respond back to confirm. Yeah. After he said he would do it. And then, you know, like like I did with you, I confirmed the day before yeah. and stuff. And he just never got back to us. So we were, we didn't have anybody that week. And then we had one that we actually got set up and everything made the call and nobody answered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel your pain. I've. I've definitely had that um, more frequently than I would like, but yeah. I think that's just part of the the gig. I mean, if you want to do, if you want to interview these quote unquote rock stars or musicians or comedians, um, people that are in the spotlight, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, they're gonna. Some of them are more artistic, and uh, I guess you'd say what left brain or right brain, left brain, I think, and so they're not real schedule oriented guys, and so. Uh, yeah. I think it's just going to be, it's going to happen, but it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like when you have somebody like Dave Elfson, who's like so professional and again, he could blow me off and it's like, okay, well, he's the guy from Megadeth. So, you know, right. it's okay, but he's on time. He's there. He's you know ready to go. And so a lot of the more successful people are more professional. And I think that's how they get to be successful is they yeah. are very professional and they don't blow people off because I mean, this business is not, you know, it's, People talk. So if you blow off a lot of people, then that's going to not be good for your reputation. Yeah, I wouldn't think all so. Right. It's all good, though. Yeah. What's that, Nick? No, I was saying, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chuck, let me ask you this before we uh, before we head out here. You yeah. ever think about going into journalism? Like as a job? Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I brought that up with my girlfriend the other day. And uh, it's kind of funny because I said, uh, you know, maybe I could like – just be like a reporter or something locally. And she's like, well, you have to know, uh, what is it like the eight, the MLA or APA, the format or something. And cause she works at a TV station. So she kind of knows more about it go. than yeah. I do. But, um, and then, so then I was like, well, shit, maybe, I, I mean, I guess I could take classes or something, but I think the hard thing for me is it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to work for someone else. I, I feel like I'm just too old Don't to like have that. a boss and have people telling you what to do. And so if you're a journalist, I mean, unless you're, you own your own TV station, you're going to be working for somebody else. And, uh, I don't know if I can don't they do, me they, to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to like take orders, especially like when you have somebody who's younger than you and they're telling you what to do. It's like, it just, then you like kind of feel like an old geezer and you're like, it just, it's a weird feeling. I don't know. Do you, I don't isn't know if you have like, experience Isn't that. there like freelance journalists? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's probably ways to you do just write something and submit it to whatever publication. Yeah. It'd be nice if I could get paid for the articles that, that are, you know, that feature my show, but it's really good advertising for the show for sure. Like when Blabbermouth, I mean, they got like over a million followers on that site when they, when yeah. they do one of my interviews, it's like, wow, that's some great publicity for the show. And so I've, and I, I think that's how some of the people find me, they reach out and um, either, you know, listen to the show or they reach out and want to come on the show. But you yeah. Know, publicity for sure well you do great interviews so I, I, hats you. off to you yeah you, you guys too i've listened to a few of them 
uh, recently because I uh, just listened to the guy from Lit. I listened to Donnie V. I listened to Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys. So mm-hmm. I enjoy oh. it. Well, appreciate it. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. All right, thanks Chuck. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'll continue to listen to your show. Um, that was one of the first ones I started listening to when we started this show. Oh, okay. So, yeah, great. You know, just get idea how things work in the podcast world. Yeah, and I, I definitely recommend, I mean, you can always ask me too, but like if you're ever looking for guests, I mean, just go through some of the guys I've had on because most of them are really good and really talented and, and listen to some of those, the music of the, the bands that I've had on and see if you like it or, you know, check out some of the co- comedians I've had too. It's really funny comedians. I don't, do you ever have comedians on this show? I, we've got one scheduled coming oh, up okay. in, uh, well, I think March sometime in March, but that'll be our first comedian. I, well, you know what? I don't like to announce who's coming on the show just okay. for the reason if they cancel. Right. Yeah. Means... And you know, with us being like right now we're booking in April. So that's oh, far wow. out. Yeah. You so far out. Dang. And that's where, you know, it gets dangerous because it's so far out. Yeah. People forget or, you know, some people put it in their calendar, but some people will forget. And then when I reach out to them, they're like, oh, you know, something else came up. I can't do it. Uh, so I try not to say who's coming on in the future for that reason. Why do you book it out so far? I mean, that's really far. Well, because we can only do it once a week. Okay. So we can only do it on Thursdays. And when I'm reaching out to people and they get back to me saying, yeah, they can do it. You know, I have to have somewhere to put them in the schedule. Sure. Okay. Well, that's that a good sense. To have, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're in April now, so I won't be actively going out heavily to try and book for April. Okay. You know, I won't start that until like towards the end of February. You know what I mean? If yeah. I don't have April fill right. in February, I'll start going for April. That's good. That's smart. Very good. You know, it's good. And like I said, good and bad. It works out sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Yep. Absolutely. But it's all fun. And that's why we're doing it. We're not doing it to make the money. We're just doing it to have some fun. Well, that's good. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are having a blast. You're having some great guests on. Yes, sir. All right, Chuck. Cool. Well, well again, great. Share great this having on, you. Uh, my social media and all that stuff. So just send me a link when it's up. I will. I'll, I'll send you the uh, promo poster too. Okay. Very cool. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks for having- Chuck. Thanks for coming on. All right. Bye, Nick. Bye, Joe. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Take care. That's all for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.